Russ. Yeah. Do you exercise? I did. Yeah, I actually do. I just want to, I'm having kind of a down morning. Oh, no. And I, well, it's okay. And I was thinking, like, what would cheer me up? And I thought about imagining you exercising, I feel like, would brighten my spirits. It will be in, like, a full matching windbreaker with yeah. exercise pants. Yeah. In my imagination, you will have a thick, plush, maroon uh, sweatband around your um uh, head sure. and I do just all I need. The last component of this is just like what what physical activity are you doing to improve your situation? Well, I think I've talked about this, but I basically go. I live on the tenth floor of an apartment building, and I walk to the bottom floor, and then I walk to the fifteenth floor, which is the top floor of the apartment building, and then I walk back down to my apartment, and then I'm done. Do you do it at like 5.30 in the morning? <laughs> Just like tromp up and down the stairs? <laughs> no. Everyone, it's rest well, time. You know that outfit that uh, in in uh, Mary Poppins, the one-man band? It, it's yeah. kind of okay. like that. <laughs> yeah. It's it, It's been good. I'm, I'm on like day 130 of doing that. It's been a very good streak. Um, it, Have you felt it getting easier? Eh, I do take two steps at a time now, and I couldn't do that before. I don't know if that's more or less exercise if I'm doing that. But yeah, you're cutting it in half. I think it's less, right? Do you I think mean, it's less? Because I'm having to like lift my entire body higher up each step. It's more strength, less cardio at that point. You're going to have those thick, sinewy thighs. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really confused because I assumed you did a bike because you show up to work every morning wearing those bike shorts with the <laughs> giant butt pads built in. Well, that's how I protect my bony butt. I'm just, uh, I guess I'm just worried on some level that one of these days Russ is going to take the carrot top challenge and just blow it out. <laughs> jacked. <laughs> fuck. Oh no my God. No more bullying Please Russ because he's fucking jacked. Well, I'm not a prop guy, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I boop, 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 boop. My name is Russ Frustick, and I know I was just so thrown off. My name is Russ Frustick, and I know the best game of the week. Welcome to The Besties, where we talk about the latest and the greatest in home interactive entertainment. It is a game of the year show, folks, and it goes all year long. And it's a video game club more than that, and even eclipsing that. And I used to say that first part, and I'm not supposed to anymore. It's a video game podcast. Like, I don't even know why the preamble. It's we a talk club. about video games. It's a book right? club. It's a, it, it, you, it's a club. You don't think it's a club? It's a podcast. It's a it's a video game. It's kind of a club. We need to start collecting dues. That's all I'm saying. Because I'm saying, well, here's the thing. There's so many video game podcasts out there, but don't listen to them. Just listen to ours. But how many video game clubs are there? Many video game podcasts. We collect dues, like Wild Grain or whatever, pays the dues on behalf of our wonderful listeners. That's true. I guess that's how sponsorships work. That's how sponsorships work. Um, I think it's a video game family. Is what I think. It's a video game family. It is about that. Uh, uh, this week we're talking about a, a surprise release from uh, Bethesda and 
Tango DreamWorks. Tango GameWorks. Tango DreamWorks. The studio the studio that brought you Shrek and Boss Baby comes a new entry in the canon. It's Hi-Fi Rush. No, it's Hi-Fi Rush. It was a surprise release. It is uh, very surprising. And we will talk about it right after Chris Plant tells you what it is. Hi-Fi Rush is a new game from Tango Gameworks. You know them as the developer of The Evil Within, The Evil Within 2. Uh, now they're back with a kind of cel-shaded rhythm action game, uh, somewhat in the style of Ninja Gaiden meets Elite Beat Agents. And now we'll throw to the break. You go get a phone. You just want a phone. Talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because they got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Hi-Fi Rush is uh, something that we don't, I, I would say very, very broadly speaking, uh, some things that are surprising about this. One, not a lot of promo for it leading up to it. Literally it zero kinda, promo. Yeah, it's just kind of out, which is exciting. I think that could be energizing for people. It's a bold play. You really got to trust the quality of your product. But uh, uh, And it's also a, I mean, B game in the budget sense. It's a budget title. It doesn't cost 60 or got even 70 dollars like some of these things these days some of these discs i actually don't know what it costs because i put it on game pass how much does it cost it, i think i saw it's like 30 bucks yeah i think that's right hmm. i know it's on steam you that. could play it on steam as well yeah it's 29.99 yes. on steam right yeah, now okay. yeah with, 30 bucks uh, on overwhelmingly steam. positive overall user review um, that's all it, you need to know, folks. So you don't need us to talk about it anymore. <laughs> it's got good scores. Go fucking play it, man. Okay, yeah. so so I didn't. All I knew going in was that it was, there was some like music element to it, but I really don't didn't know what I was going to expect. Like whether it was like a straight up like hit X as the line goes by kind of rhythm game, or like a Guitar Hero game, or what. But it doesn't necessarily have a ton of analogs. It is a third person action combat game that makes rhythm and music like the core through line through the entire experience. It's like if you were playing like a Ratchet and Clank game and like music was a key component to it. Yeah, I would say that the the only parallel I can think of is like Crypt of the Necrodancer. Yes. Although this yeah. is way more uh, like character combat combo based. And forgiving. Uh, Certainly like that Crypt of the Necro Necrodancer was insanely difficult and this is a much easier 
I would say. Well, you could tune it to be as, as, as tough as you want it, but yes. I, I, I think that this succeeds in a few places where uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer left me left me wanting. They are two completely different games, but the fact remains this is a, a rhythm-like action game where you will succeed the most if every light or heavy attack or dodge or really any action you take in, in a character action game like this, you do it to the beat of this pervasive music that is just constantly in the in the background, honestly, in the foreground of yeah. every single level. Uh, it's cool instantly. Yeah. From the start of the game, everything is like bop into the beat of the music. Like every animation is set to to the music. Yeah, it's uh, kind of like old school like Disney stuff where you'd see like smokestacks going off to the beat of whatever the soundtrack is. Yeah. But uh, except for, you know, not racist like old school Disney stuff. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> it's also really beautifully it's it's cel-shaded polygons in a way that you see it and I was instantly kind of like and maybe this is stupid because I don't know how hard it is to make anything but I instantly was like why don't more video games look like this like yeah. the the cinematics <sighs> it, it, even aside from like the rhythm bringing the rhythm aspects into the environment they just look fantastic I mean it looks like a fantastic uh anime that that like you would have watched growing up. It looks fantastic. It looks a lot. It it reminds me a lot of the uh, Spider Verse. Yeah. Um, sort of animation style of that like, uh, variable frame rate. Like the way that 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 things move. The animations like drag a little bit. A little in a way jerky. That looks yeah. Cool. There's like, but yeah. intentionally so to intentionally, give it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They also throw two D animation into the game. And they have these amazing transitions where you go from gameplay into a cutscene into 2D cutscene and then immediately into gameplay seamlessly, um, which is incredible. Yeah. Uh, j to Justin's point, though, why more games don't look like this from like the 3D cell shaded moments? I, a, I think it's very hard, like, like for what they're pulling off. Like, this is not a, a switch you flip in Unreal Engine to like make it look cell shaded. You look at a game like Fortnite, which essentially has infinite money. And they started introducing cel-shaded characters probably like two years ago. And the improvement that I've seen over like from like a pretty rough attempt at it to like spot on Goku is pretty dramatic. And Perfect it took, Goku. again, infinite money and work to like get to, that style get right. Flawless Goku. Flawless. Perfect Goku. Goku. Uh, Piccolo oh, uh, is let's really Let's talk a little bit better. more about like what the game is. Yeah. Um, well, you play a, a, a young man named Chai who goes to a, a, like a robot factory, gets himself a robot arm and a magic guitar. And An iPad implanted in his chest. He's super pumped. Well, I just want to say tonally, he is super pumped at the prospect of getting a robot arm. Like there's no like, oh no, my arm is broken. He's like, oh fuck yeah, my arm is broken. I'm going to get a robot arm. And that's yeah, yeah, they don't make it throughout. clear what's going on with his arm. I hope it's something that necessitates this. It you looks like I mean? it's just like, broken. Yeah, it looks like maybe he even just like sprained it. It was like, hell yeah, bye bye arm, going to <laughs> robot arm. I, I, uh, and that, that, they blast, blast through that pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> like Mercifully, they, he, I would say. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they rush into the game, uh, uh, very fast. The, the game is like full of references, too. And, I don't know if this one's even intentional. I assumed it was like Tetsuo from Akira of like oh, you're wearing the red cape and you have the like mechanical arm. But the game is like, 
I mean, uh, okay, the top level thing that is amazing to me about this game, the studio made Evil Within, Evil Within 2, neither of which I think met expectations. Um, Ghostwire Tokyo, though, fucking And then Ghostwire, <laughs> yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo. And then they made this, which to me is just like, man, they just keep taking big swings. There's like a level of fearlessness because this game, I think, is a hit. I would have never guessed that this game would be as popular as it is. If you told me action rhythm combat game with cell shading in borderline snarky dialogue i i, I would have not thought yeah that, that's a guaranteed so, winner to talk about the actual mechanics for a second it um it is a 3d character action game your attacks and combos are uh, do more damage or more effective if they are timed to the beat of the music which is represented audibly obviously you can pull up like an actual display thing that shows you where the beat is or you can you know just look at the environment and get you know get a sense of it um you do more damage there's also uh you have the ability to i guess rest in between your attacks uh yeah skip a beat basically skip a beat basically right exactly and that lets Um, you do like aerial that introduces entirely new moves yeah i I want to mention the the thing about staying on the beat this is an interesting um, departure from Necrodancer and something the developers have actually called out. So in Crypt of the Necrodancer, if you do a move or an attack off the beat, you'll basically like fuck up and freeze and you'll lose your combo meter and everything like that. In Hi-Fi Rush, every single attack you are doing will be on the beat, but you will only get the bonus damage in the increasing combo meter, whatever it is, if you actually press the button on the beat. So- right. The end result is that you still feel like you're being a badass, even if you're slightly missing the beat, because everything is still perfectly on the beat to the music. But it doesn't have that dissatisfying, like, oh, that felt shitty because I screwed up the beat. You also can't get in the weeds like you can where like you have a a very easy point to grasp back onto it. Yeah, right. Because when that attack hits, you know it's time for the next thing. So visually, you can get back in the rhythm if you want. And that's, that it. is necessary because uh, you're not just attacking, you also have to make uh, like constant use of the dodge uh, function. Yeah. Uh, because enemies are going to be firing at you, you know, left, right, and center. And that's where the game really clicked for me is when you start stringing together these combos. Your basic combo, the basic combat is pretty straightforward. There's only a handful of combos that you're really going to be doing. Where the game gets interesting is how you thread those together or suspend those combos so that you can get like one beat of dodge in there and then you get right the fuck back into it when you can make when you can start to get that going that is where this game hits that like tetris effect like level of flow for for me and uh i i think it gets you into that flow like really really quickly my my only uh Ish. I think the the combat sequences in this game are glorious, and they're also they do the awesome like platinum games thing where you get like a score at the end of each yeah uh, each each you know chorus or whatever um, that that it is threaded together with sequences of platforming and dialogue that I kind of wish I could just skip through uh, so I could get right back into the the flow because uh, it it never really lasted long enough for my taste i always i always found myself frustrated when now i I had to jump on a bunch of like floating platforms that don't feel particularly good to navigate i definitely felt that early on like the the combat is 
is so quickly enjoyable and they are pretty sparing with it fairly early. Like I, it, and you, it really is a little bit frustrating. Like, please just let me, this is fun. I'll get it. I get it. I get it. Just let me like do it. But there's, there's a lot of other, like they don't have the dodge until like a few hours in. They is not like, it's it's the first level. The first level is very slow and kind of throws a lot of tutorial menus. No, no, no. no, no, I'm thinking of, um, the grapple, um, parrying. Oh, yeah. pairing. Yeah. yeah, like the the which is a big concept. Yeah, sure. and That's not not introduced until later on in the game. I, I, uh, I really liked the base combat. I was struggling at first because I kept wanting to focus on one enemy until they were dead. Yeah, and you really need to be moving um, and switching between them. There's a grapple that kind of instantly can get you to a different enemy, and it, it feels I so think good. it's pretty important to bounce around between them. Um, it's the best like Batman feeling when when the first uh, Arkham Asylum came out and it kind of like revitalized the character action. I mean that game was somewhat rhythm based. Yeah, almost. I mean it was intentionally it, they they used that as an inspiration for rhythm and, games. And so that it I think this game feels more like that than any other character action game I've played in a, a really really long time. Yeah, I I also really like the soundtrack choices. I don't know if this would appeal to like younger folks. Because all the soundtrack choices are like mid two thousands indie Early, rock. Yeah, it, it, they're rough. I mean, I I like it. <laughs> I like the song. It would like, have been cool if it had been like like songs that were very. I mean, I guess they got stuff good. that they could afford. I like I, the yeah, song. I mean, it's a taste thing. I'm trying to be. It's when I was in college. I get it. But there was very little in this game where I'm like, oh yeah, like I love this track. Like it's just not. It is. It's it not is, my style. Uh, the the boss fights in particular really highlight the music the very first one is set to one million by uh nine inch nails yeah which is like not my not my favorite band but i'll be damned if it doesn't fucking shred for that boss fight i agree if the, if the music had been more i don't know recognizable for for me uh then i definitely would have enjoyed it more but i i, I still really liked what was yeah what was it there. also doesn't really matter because it matches well enough with the game so even though it's not like music that i think is particularly enjoyable it it blends fine with the game, and the game's kind of like weird late '90s, early 2000s like attitude that yeah. it's going for. I said it's you know it has a little bit of snark, but it's not like that forespoken snark. No, it, it's not more at just all. kind of it's a little silly. Yeah, um, I on the rhythm aspect, something that I I really dug about this that is pretty uncommon, and and we touched on it that like your your um, attacks will visually always land on the beat, even if they don't. Um, You can kind of, you don't have to get that hung up on it. Yeah. Like you don't have to get like, at first I was very fixated on trying to nail like perfect on the beat combos. And it's really like as important as music is to the game and the concept is the game. Like it's really just a way that of enhancing it. Like it really helps you to feel like you're in the groove, but it lets you pretend like you were in the groove the whole time. Wait, let me, okay. So I was confused by this because that's how I, I I had that exact same journey. And then when I started unlocking moves, it seemed like, oh, there are moves that you cannot pull off unless you hit them on the beat. I think in terms of maybe the special moves, that's the case, but the standard moves, I mean, yeah, like punch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you just just smash punch, but like, you know, across a whole game, you would, uh, you know, want to have more moves than just doing the same. You well, know. there's a window. I think there's there is definitely a window for triggering the follow up. 
I don't think that window is as tight as the no, n- bonus. Not that like there's a move where you can like fire. I think it's like a laser. You jump in the air and fire a laser down on an enemy. And it even says in the description, it's like this one's hard to pull off in some in more or less words. Yeah, and I and, think that's fine. Like that's not a. There can be yeah. some moves that are a little bit more. Uh, yeah, intense. I, th- 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 this was my only issue. Of the game is like I just am not good at it. I, I wish I was. I wish I had natural rhythm. I do not. I was not a drummer. I was a saxophone player and a bad one at that. But you'll I, get your, you'll get your game someday. Yeah, don't worry. I, I mean, I don't. Th- this game still is awesome. I'm just bad at it, and it. I, I love that it does seem to like compromise and be like, hey, you don't, you don't need, uh, you don't need to be good at this. But at the end of the day, it still does grade you afterwards, which I do not like in any game. It, it always feels like it, the pressure that is added back onto me. Are you flashing back to it. saxophone class? And when oh, you got a well, C minus, honestly, I, I was I was pretty good. I was second chair. Oh shit! Um, <laughs> I, I know. And second chair—that's the best saxophone player, right? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, you know, it was because I didn't want to challenge the first chair because I was non-confrontational. No, I get in my it. head. I was like always sure I would be first. Sure, yeah. Um, I think they actually went to become a professional saxophonist. So <laughs> probably not. Kirk um, Hamilton. Can't be mad about that. But no, what, what I mean is like it. it I wish that there was a full-on, effectively easy mode of like, hey, just turn this off. This game is awesome. I get it. I really wish I could enjoy it. I mean, there is an easy mode. Did you try it? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, there's an easy mode that makes the beats even easier to hit, actually. That would be great. Yeah. I I, I will try that and see how it goes. Because because the rest of the game is awesome. And I I said, I'm embarrassed to even say this because... It's not cool to be bad at video games, but I'm bad at this one, and I really want to enjoy it more. I I will say, and this is something that would require more time than we want to devote to it here on the show. I did not, as much as I like enjoyed the the basic combat, um, and it looks great, and the the story is like it's a little, uh, uh, I don't know, simple. Simple, I guess, is a good word for my taste. It's a, it's, it's, it's a fairly standard sort of, you know, hero's journey Damn to try to man. take down the big, the, yeah, corporation. I, I feel a weird lack of urge to like go back to it when I, when I finish playing it. It's like a pleasurable enough time, but I, I think, I think it goes back to that interruption of like the, um, the platforming sequences and the, and the dialogue, uh, like the, if it was just the core combat, I think I would be a lot more that's hooked by it than I am because I feel like a session can often be, there's also um, uh, ancillary to this. There's a ton of like a ton of crates around the world that for you to smash, to get like healing items and the money you use to buy your upgrades. And they're like all over. And for me, it really like you, you know what it is? The, 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 the tempo is so important in the fighting and you feel like from a meta perspective though, you lose that because they're willing to break the pace of the game constantly to have you like tracking down these little collectibles and stuff like that. It just feels feel fun in the same way. It feels like padding. I feel like there, there's a three hour game in this that is like the perfect experience, but I don't know that you could justify a, necessarily yeah, I, 30 dollar price tag or whatever it is for a three-hour experience i i really feel like i mentioned tetris effect earlier i feel like i just wanted this to be like a tetsuya mizuguchi game like 
uh, Res or Child of Eden or uh, what was the puzzle one? That oh, Lumi- Luminous, L- Luminous, yeah, yeah, Luminous. Like if it was just that, I feel like there's a version of that game that exists in here. You lose, I think, probably a lot of the like style, maybe a lot of the vibe. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of big characters in this one, and I think that they are pretty pretty good for the most part. But it's it's not what worked for me about the game. What worked for me was just was just getting into that flow, and it. Uh, I I I wish there was a version of this that was just that. that it's kind of a, a meeting the middle between this and Necrodancer, where I actually think a roguelike format for this kind of game would be really good, with the you know approachability of how the combat is and everything like that, where you're constantly kind of replaying a lot of the stuff, but because you're getting different upgrades and stuff, it kind of refreshes it. Rather than as we talked about, like those sequences in between that just kind of feel like filler. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it is a it is a, a very good game and, and a surprise and kind of came out of nowhere. So I don't want to take too much. Are, away are you from ready it. for this? Because we haven't had one of these in twenty twenty three. What? I think we're going to be talking about this game, the game of the year time. I think it'll oh, be. Wow. Just, I think it'll I, be. I, I think we will. I th- I th- I it's, think it's going to be a tough year. Up to man. this game by then, I, it's going to be a very tough year. I don't. I'm not even saying that it's going to be in the top ten. I just something about this game. I feel like it's going to grow on us over time. I could see them if they released like some additional levels or something like that that had music that I was more into. I think that I I could really uh, get down with that, especially if they would stream some of the locomotive stuff is okay. I did want to mention like there is some um, like snapping around uh, with your grappling hook and like swinging through the environment in a way that's like very propulsive and that fun. feels very good i like that, that stuff. stuff is good yeah um it's just that did you guys did the crates not irritate you yeah guys? it's just really a huge way yeah okay I, I well what's a bummer is the crates are done so much better in ratchet and clank that it's really hard to not remember how much more satisfying it was to blow shit like crates up in ratchet and clank so it's like yeah but I again, I think overall, I think they're succeeding a lot, and and it is a it is a sick ass game, and and definitely worth trying, especially if you have Game Pass because it's included in that. Um, just as a closing thought, if I did like graffiti and stuff, do you think I could be called Hi Fi Russ? And that's gonna do it for us for this segment. Yeah, of we're the podcast. Right. Now we're gonna do another segment, and this and one we'll try to make sure it it is unspoiled by sort of comments like. Like the one that you just that you did just here, and I didn't say it, but I'll apologize for it. This episode of the Best These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames, and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd 
highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. Hello, everybody. We're back, and we're going to talk about surprise releases. We got a question from a listener, Snapdragon Send, and that question is, I keep seeing Hi-Fi Rush being called a surprise release by game journalists. What does that actually mean? I know game media folks get a lot of advanced information about games, some public and some not, but I'm not sure what's normal or how this one was different. This is such a good question. It's a great question. We're going to answer it, and then we're going to also talk about some other surprise releases to give some context yeah fresh do you have like an answer for this sure so the answer is uh i'm going to give you a perfect example apex legends is the perfect example for this because apex legends was quote surprise released to the entire world day and date when they announced when ea announced it it came out that day polygon for what it's worth knew about Apex Legends, I want to say, what was it, four days before it came out? Maybe Maybe a week, yeah. Yeah, maybe a week. We got pre-briefed. I think there was even an event where we played it. So in that situation, we knew it was coming out. So it technically wasn't a surprise. And usually in those circumstances, um, those sorts of games leak because someone that agreed to the embargo just like spreads the information out and that's the end of it. So it's very rare for a game that's shown to press early to also get surprise released. In the case of Hi-Fi Rush, as far as I'm aware, nobody was pre-briefed, nobody in the media knew about it, so it was a true surprise to everyone watching. And there have been a couple of those over the years, uh, some bigger and some smaller, um, that we'll talk about. But I think that's the distinction here, why this is such a special one, is because it truly was like a didn't leak, no one knew about it, and poof, here it is. Here's a game. And, you can and play. either version of a surprise release like that is still deeply unusual. Well, the difference yeah, between this and a normal release is most video games have years long press cycles yeah. in which they drip information out 
to get pre-orders because that's the business model. But for a game like this, which seems to be like mostly built around digital and getting Game Pass subscribers, there's no need to do that, yeah. right? Like they don't care about pre-orders. They, they want you to download it. And if, if the whole point is we want you to download it without thinking too much about it, surprise release can actually make quite a bit of sense yeah and i would just to speak to how rare it is like giant bomb had a one in their wiki had a list of like similar surprise releases and it's like a dozen games over the history of earth so it's pretty rare (laughs) (laughs) i want to call out some of the some of the other surprise releases that are mentioned yeah i tried to find a list but i couldn't i don't the the there's not a great term for this aside from surprise release yeah that's why we have hi-fi russ yeah, you should yeah, ask me. Um, the uh, Giant Palm does have in their wiki someone made like a pretty good list of uh, announcement, or, like day and date announcements. Um, good job was one of the more recent ones. This was like an indie game on Switch, uh, like a top down, like puzzle solving physics based indie game, which is a pretty good game. Uh, I mentioned Apex Legends. Uh, Act Razor Renaissance <laughs> was a remake of the original Act Razor that I oh, kind of yeah. hated. But it did come out day and date. The surprise is that you remember that. <laughs> um, there was a Castlevania Advance Collection, which I didn't write down here, but was also a surprise day and date. But that was a game that like had been rumored for two years before it came out. Yeah. So that is kind of in the, the Wait, other category. You, you have you have Drainus written down here. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, this is a game no, that no, Chris no, I don't know if we've talked about Drainus on Besties. You we have talked Drainus. about it on Resties. Everyone say Drainus more. Yeah. Drainus? We should just change the podcast <laughs> to the Drainus Hour. Um, wait, wasn't there one? Okay. I, I'm having a memory here. Uh, a game with like uh, Unbound? It was like a bird one for the... It was released during a show. It sounds like it a Ubisoft like of, bird game. Uh, it sounds yeah. definitely like Ubisoft. Oh, yeah, the, the 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 one where you planted seeds and then you climbed up. Oh shit. Yeah, what was that one called? <laughs> L- Let's grow grow, grow, grow up. Grow, grow home. home. That, I don't think that's the one I'm Grow thinking. home. Grow home. Grow home. Yeah. Uh yeah. Anyway, we have neglected the biggest surprise release in video game history, which is not a video game at all, but was indeed the Sega Saturn. Kids, That's fair. Can I take you back real quick? Oh, please, please do. If you're a youngin, Sega, in the, the year is 1995. <laughs> Sega, in March of 1995, comes out and is like, hey, the the, Sat- the Sega Saturn is already out in Japan. It's going to be dropping on uh, Saturn Day, <laughs> September 2nd, 1995. God, I hope that was a Saturday. Yes, it was. Okay. Uh, but then in that year, the fr- was the first E3 in, in L.A., 1995, Sega gets up on stage and they're like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait! You should talk about Sony first. You need to give the setup. Oh, okay, of why yeah. this important happens. context is that Sony is uh, ramping up the to the release of the PlayStation. Japan thinks it's important. The Japan wing of Sega, not the entire uh, nation, nation of Japan. Yeah. Japan uh, Sega says we got to beat in the market. So on in May during the first. Uh, E3, Sega gets up on stage and they're like, hey, this guy's coming out at 400 bucks and we just shipped it to a bunch of Toys R Us's. So it's available now and you can go buy it frigging uh, what it was six months or, you know, four months before we said it was it was actually going to launch. It's just out there and you can go buy it. And uh, there was no support for it other than <laughs> Sega games because all the third parties <laughs> We're caught unawares. KB 
stop selling Sega because <laughs> they were so mad about it. Everybody was mad about it who didn't who were like weren't included. Best Buy, Walmart, KB Toys. They were all like, screw you, Sega. We're we're not carrying your stuff anymore. Um right after this, Sony gets up on stage and uh what's the name here? Olaf Olafson, who was the head of SCEA at the time, uh got Steve Race up on stage. Steve Race comes on sa- stage and says two ninety nine, and then walked off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> and so that dumb. was the it, basically it was the the. I think in a sense that's the shortest console lifespan that has ever existed. It was launched, <laughs> and then Sony gets on stage and says it's a hundred dollars less, and then that's it for the Saturn. Uh, but that Man. was the. I think that's probably the most notable surprise release. It's a wild story that pretty much. Uh, I mean. We're having a lot of fun here. It it is a decision that basically undid the hardware like arm of that company. Yeah, uh, or at least did it no favor. Well, they released the Dreamcast later, but that was uh, well, bud. The damage was I mean, done at that point. Yeah, done. right. Um, I think Nintendo does a great job of this. I think in most Nintendo directs, they they do a surprise release, and a lot of the times it's a a, a port, right? Or yeah, uh, Hollow Knight uh, is probably the biggest one of those, right? Yeah, but then they also do wild shit. Like, uh, I, there's some on this list, like NES Remix, fucking yep. ruled. That was a surprise release. Tetris 99, which was, I I think a a kind of a killer app for a little while uh, on on the Switch was a surprise release. We also recorded this episode pretty early in the week before the Nintendo Direct has happened. But yeah. now that it has happened, you know. That they surprise released Mother Three, <laughs> yeah, Mother yeah. Three, Metroid Prime Five. I, uh, you could, um, Entwined. Sorry, mm-hmm. I finally found it. Oh, Entwined. Good. It was released uh, during E3 in 2014 onto the PS4. It's like two origami birds that are flying in a circle. Or if you look it up, you'll you'll recognize it. Uh, Hades, I would put in this category. Um, yeah. Hades was launched oh, at the yeah. same time as the Epic. Uh, it was as it early was, access, uh, right? It was as early access yeah. during the Game Awards, I, if memory serves. We, th- we didn't um, know it was going to be as big it, as it became, but certainly it was playable that day that it was yeah, announced. Yeah, I mean, that was very cool. play it now. I, I remember downloading it that day on the Epic Games. Man, you can't remind me that at any time I could just be playing Hades. <laughs> I know. That's a dangerous I reminder, I think. Oh, man. I'm psyched about Hades, too. Okay. Hey, y'all want to get into some listener mail? Because I have a Dreamcast-related question. Let's do it. I would love to. Cool. So the first one is from Malik, and it is, I've seen folks compare Hi-Fi Rush to games from Dreamcast era because it's vibrant colors, crazy premise, and unique gameplay mechanics. Do you all share that comparison? If not, what other games would you compare it to? Yeah. I mean, it is, what's it called? The Jet jet Grind Radio? Radio, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I I have feelings about this. I think that anything cell shaded at this point now is compared to Dreamcast in Jet Set Radio, yeah. um, which I, I also think tone. a lot of people. It's more than just the cell shading; it's also it, the tone. It kind of is. It. This doesn't feel like a Sega game. Like, nah, really? I, I don't know. I, I I think we're we're far enough away from the Dreamcast era that we now have a lot of people who like know of Dreamcast but have not played the Dreamcast. I'm not saying that about our friend Malik. I think Malik knows exactly what they're talking about, but. I think that it's like become kind of a weird shorthand in the same way that like Souls like became a weird shorthand where 
it sounds right, but isn't right. I, I don't think this is like very Dreamcasty at all. If anything, I, I mean, I mean, I mentioned Elite Beat Agents. It feels more like a DS game, despite being a 3D game. These are all we know that these are what I think the problem we're having actually is this uh-huh. like vocabulary is not very is useful, right. Like it's there's not. I mean, we're talking about a certain sort of like aesthetic that was big at the time of these releases and Dreamcast is just the one system that could sort of render them like Crazy Taxi, Samba de Amigo. Um, this feels like that Jet tone to me. Like, plant. What yeah, is it I mean, about it? I think that... it's of a piece with those. Power Stone, maybe. Yeah. I, I guess I am focusing on how does the game actually feel, right? And I, when I say this feels like DS or Nintendo, not even nintendo but DS-ish, I think of stuff like Rhythm Heaven or Elite Beat Agents or these games that mix cartoony aesthetic and rhythm. This just happens to be an action game. When I think of Dreamcast, I think of like arcade games. And this isn't, this isn't like an arcade game. Like there's there's nothing about this that feels like an arcade game. You think it's it more like of a, a thirty traditional... second loop experience versus a two minute loop? Yeah, I, I mean, again, like if, if I'm thinking about that, like this game just has so much more in common with Devil May Cry or Ninja Gaiden, and again, that that isn't that era of games. It's like more of the Sony thing. I think visually, yes, but like the music does not align with it. I I, I don't know. It it for me personally. Somebody who's like a little obsessive about the Dreamcast, I don't, I don't think that connects. Also, if it was like the Dreamcast, it would have way better taste in music. <laughs> We'd have so much Offspring music, we wouldn't know yeah, what to do with sure. it. Here's, here, can I ask you guys this question? Because I've, I've, I think about this one from often, and this one actually specifically had me thinking about it. Will we see uh, this? Uh, let's see. This is from not a clever username. Will we ever see a resurgence of in-person band games like Rock Band and Guitar Hero on VR or online multiplayer? God, I miss those games. No, God, oh my, I mean, it's my favorite. The the peripheral-based rhythm genre is arguably my favorite genre of all. I had all of those fucking games. I do not think we will ever get yeah, back no, to there. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I, I, I disagree. We see e- everything comes in cycles. We'll, we'll, I don't think it'll ever be as big as it was. But I, I think, think I, I don't think when you bought Rock Band, you were spending two hundred dollars up front for that experience, just for that experience. You're not right. using the Rock Band drum kit unless you're like a fucking mad lad doing a Dark Souls challenge or whatever. Like you don't use that shit for other stuff. I don't think that I don't I don't know that people are gonna ever do that again. Well, <laughs> you don't here's think we'll ever you- see like I'm again not like that, but like Rock Band. Uh, mini classic or whatever, like they did with the the Nintendos, where it's all in one, where you can buy Rock Band two and a guitar, and you don't need literally anything else. It plays automatically and like streams to your TV. Well, here's the issue: the issue is that doing these, having this experience, and it's not as good of an experience, but it is kind of close. Already exists on mobile, like across many different apps. There are a number of apps that like do the licensed music rhythm game thing enough i think to check the box of people looking to do that without having to make a huge investment i do agree the physical instruments feel way better and it's a way more social experience but i think because we're able to like scratch that itch in like a cheap way you're not being specific what you mean is hatsune miku project diva mega mix plus precisely right right. yeah that's exactly what we were all thinking of 
I cannot, you heard so many, like, I remember reporting a lot of horror stories from companies that are like, we're just shoving these things in a wood chipper. Like, please come take these guitars. We made way too many. And like the, the idea that you, that these companies are going to, uh, uh, over stock or, or like risk having to eat the costs on buying a bunch of instruments or manufacturing bunch of instruments that don't sell. I just, there's a lot of other ways to make money as a video game company. I cannot imagine anybody willingly wandering back into that again. I, I would love to be wrong. I don't necessarily think I am. I would also say that you, if if you were not uh, real plugged in at that time or you're, or you're maybe a little younger, you might not remember that like Rock Band itself, the Rock Band experience was um, hugely benefited by the wild success of the Wii uh, a year prior, where it had normalized this idea that you would actually have people come over to play video games. It was a, this is something we could do as a family. This is something we could do as a group is fire up the Wii and pass around the controller. And Rock Band benefited from that because it's like, oh, and now also we have this other thing. So that has extended this idea of like, social gaming or playing it's, games it's, together. It's hard for me to divorce this from this feeling of like, you can't go home again. Like all of that stuff happened perfectly in the time window where I was in college. And so like, I could, I can't imagine a better time for, for that to have happened uh, in, in my life. I, I just, I just don't think, I think if that ever did happen, I think it would be like, uh like, like you said, like a nostalgia play, like, uh, or you know, or big, at an old big, folks' home when we're all old, at an old folks' and home. we're stuck I together. See, I think that I I think it's a real long shot of of there being a full band game. I could see someone trying the guitar thing again, especially is if you could integrate a little bit more. And this is one of my problems with with Rock Band that other people did try to solve. Like if you could integrate a bit more uh, actual guitar learning, like you would be, uh, learning I mean, something while you're playing I, it. I could see a product like that. Maybe Rocksmith does. Okay. Right. Like it still uh, exists. And I, does. No I don't know if it does well, but no it doesn't have any idea. No one would, could know. Uh, yeah. To know. It's yeah. That's problem. like one of those tricky things where I'm like, is this game a secretly successful and being sold at like guitar center or whatever? Or is it like <laughs> some weird tax write off that I don't understand? I went to Route 60 Music yesterday to get a guitar stand and they did not have it. Uh, <laughs> a on shame. Okay. Good to um, know. Good to know. I think about how uh, Guitar Hero tried to, try to reboot and yeah. had oh, that new style guitar ass. with like the six. It was fu- really good. It was fucking great. And it yeah. had like a really interesting. Uh, not not free to play because you're obviously you're buying the guitar, but then there was like a Guitar Hero channel that you could get like a membership to, and then you could play all the songs on it, or you could like pick pick and choose. And sometimes they'd have like free weekly rotations. It was so well conceived and really fun. Like it was a and really done fun by game the DJ play. Hero team, and maybe by the DJ Hero team, which yeah. I still have my DJ Hero board. It's my uh my two year old's like favorite toy in the house. <laughs> just pick up the DJ Hero board and not play it, but just press all the buttons and spin the disc and stuff. Uh, but it didn't do great, and yeah. it instantly hit the clearance aisle. And I, 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 there I were, would love for this genre to come back. I there were a few people who tweeted about that game to us. I, I, it's interesting how that game has like it does have a weird cult following. DJ um, Hero? No, no. Well, DJ Hero too, but no, Guitar Hero Live. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah Guitar um, Hero Live was cool. There's I, a lot it, of warmth to that game. Uh, uh, I still, I will say, uh, uh, and I don't know if this is a, a plus or minus, but like. 
when I walk past a guitar, I feel like I see the Guitar Hero arcade game everywhere. Yeah. Like, it's always in the arcade, and I will almost always fire it up and hit Knights of Sidonia yeah. and have the kids all around me, and they're chanting. They're chanting. Go, Justin, Juice. Justin. <laughs> yeah. We love this. But not to the beat, so it makes it really difficult. Arguably yeah. the grossest, grubbiest object that you could touch in any given arcade <laughs> is the oh. is the Guitar Hero guitar, I think. Like the, the amount of just sort of like hand contact friction that that thing goes through on a just a daily basis um, makes me not ever want to... Touch, touch one of those, and it's it like wouldn't the, be so bad if Justin didn't feel the need to lick it like Prince. He every did time. lick yeah. it like Prince every <laughs> time. Lick it like Prince. Yeah. Um. Um. Hey, I got another question here from. Uh, I don't want to work anymore since video games now exist on a whole other level than when we were kids. When in past generations were growing up, do you think we will uh, be playing video games later on, like in your sixties and seventies? I'm 34, and I think I always will. Love you, boys. I mean, I, is, I said the thing about the old folks' home. I 100% yeah. mean that. You will see, uh, you know, the retirement communities that are thriving video game uh, locations because everyone is stuck together and with limited mobility. And what better option is there? I think it's going to be VR. I think it's going to be Rock Band. It's going to be like all yeah. sorts of retro games like that. Unquestionably. Sounds like a... Pretty fun retirement. My, my dad's in his mid sixties and he's still playing a lot, too many probably video games. But so I probably that's, what's that's your, historical. What, what's his favorite game? Elden Ring Elden right now. Ring he's been playing right now. for it's, about a hundred years. Our dad will come out like years later, like just and and it's almost like you find. <laughs> Like, it's like you found your cat locked in the bathroom. You know what I mean? That feeling of like, oh, my God, I should have checked on you. Dad, like six months after the fact, be like, well, I finally got all the jars in Skyrim. <laughs> Threw them into a well. It's like, oh, good, Dad. You 1,000%ed it. Excellent. Wow. Play anything else, please. Um, uh, l- last question uh, from our tricky bunny angel. Which early 2000 band are you disappointed they didn't include in the music of this game? Uh, Any that I like. Neutral Milk Hotel probably would jump to my mind as like a... What? I, with, neutral with Milk what Hotel. energy? What what song is going to have the energy for this game? Uh, you know, I think there's a few tracks <laughs> Airplane in there that over would the work. Sea. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, if I want something that still fits inside of this game, I think Block Party would be like top of my list. Mm, yeah, so, uh, like a block party, Arctic Monkeys. I think of like a yeah. lot of uh, the Strokes. Strokes. Yeah. yeah. When did Orinoco Flow come out? When did Orinoco Flow? I want to say like '87, probably. Oh, okay. Bit more of a throwback. '88. Electric yeah. Six would have kicked ass. Yeah. Like Danger High Voltage in a game like this, that'd be cool. Remember that SSX remake game that some of us loved? Me. <laughs> the the soundtrack for that game, basically, just put it on this game, and and it would work just as well. Hey, do you remember the THQ U Draw game tablet? <laughs> oh, I, I was, was trying just to think about that when you were talking about wood <laughs> I chippers. To, I was trying to think about wood. Yeah, when you said that, I was like, who was the company that completely fucking <laughs> obliterated itself making a peripheral that nobody liked? It was THQ, baby. Um, oh man, N- that is why you don't let the writer of the Rocketeer be your CEO. You know, well, <laughs> like that's right. just a little rule for me. Hey, can we talk about other stuff we've been playing? Yeah, yes. please. 
Um, because I got one I've been pretty obsessed with. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I I dropped in the room. Oh, I played this game. Didn't didn't make it. Didn't make much of a splash. But it's uh it's an iOS game, uh, and it's called Forward Escape the Fold. Um, it is uh actually kind of similar to a game that I brought like a few months ago that was an iOS game that I actually can't remember the name of, which is not great. Uh, in, in this game, you uh, play as different classes and you move along a path that is basically three columns of cards. Uh, and if you've played like card-based dungeon explorer sort of uh, game games of this ilk, like you'll see a lot of, you know, very familiar stuff like there's gold coins cards and you move over those and you get gold coins and there's potion cards that heal you and then there's enemy cards and if you move in front of them they attack you uh and you have to move across these different sort of pathways making just these constant decisions of what to pick up uh what this game does that's really cool is that there is this catalog of like almost 200 items that contribute to your build throughout the run uh, and it starts to like add interesting stuff. Like uh, every time you pick up a potion card, it deals damage to enemies nearby you. Or uh, every time you start a level, you you know gain five coins automatically, but you're inflicted with this status ailment. Uh, and they all have all these like really interesting interactions. And each character starts out with like a set of items that kind of make them feel uh, different from the other ones. Uh, it is a pretty like straightforward concept for the game, but I cannot put it down. Uh, yeah, it I, feels I, like fast Slay the Spire. Like, you can extremely play... Extremely fast, yeah. really, really streamlined Slay the Spire. Not nearly as... I don't think it scratches the, like, you know, that cerebral itch in the way that Slay the Spire does, yeah. but I've played it a lot now to the point where, like, I kind of know what builds can be successful um, because of of the way that the cards interact. Like... There's one card that you can find that every time you touch a poison card, it activates all of your, like, abilities that you get at the start of a level. So you can stack up on those. Like, every time you start a level, you get five coins. Every time you start a level, you heal six HP. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, poison cards become, like, this incredible resource uh, that that changes the way that you move through uh, the, the pathways. Um, it's... It's great. It's dirt cheap. I forget how much it, it was. $2. Dollars. Yeah, it's, it's definitely it's, worth it's, $2. Uh, I wasn't yeah. like totally smitten by it just because I wasn't seeing, I was having a hard time tracking like my build and what I was capable, you know, what I should be working towards because the the way the menus work, it's all kind of buried a little bit. But yeah. I, I, again, I had fun with it. I probably played for about an hour. Um, I'm also still like so fucking deep into Yakuza Like a Dragon. Uh, I'm doing, there's a whole mini game where you manage a, a confectionery business, uh, that is so like wildly deep and I am really, I have not fought, I've not punched a dude in several hours at this point because I'm trying to get my fucking Japanese candy shop up off the ground. That's important. Uh, and it's, uh, man, what a, what an excellent game. I feel so embarrassed for sleeping on it as long as I have. Uh, I'm playing. Is like uh, the dragon the one that's turn based? Yes. Uh, yes, it is. Oh, can I mention one more thing? Because I know uh-huh. Plant wants to talk about it too. I bet is Physical 100 on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> yes. This is a game about 100 strong people. Uh, it's a Korean competition reality show that has really heavy Squid Game vibes, only in a way that is just sort of 
deeply fascinated, almost on a clinical level, with human physique. Uh, and it's a really, it's a, just a neat show. Everybody is really uh, supportive of each other's sort of work that they've done to get their bodies to become these incredible power machines. And uh, there's there's a lot of drama. There's a very famous MMA fighter that like everybody's super deferential to, uh, and uh, it's 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 phenomenal. It's my uh, mine and Rachel's obsession right now is physical one hundred. Uh, I play a lot more season, which I talked about on the resties. If you want to hear about it, you should go listen to it. It is extremely extremely my shit. I am absolutely in love with this game. Uh, and I've been playing a lot of stuff that is embargoed, so I can't talk about it. Uh, He's just a cool guy like that. I'm a cool guy. He's just a cool guy. Just just an ordinary man. Uh, um, Vampire Survivors on the exercise bike I've talked about before. And I got to a point with Vampire Survivors where it's still very fun, but it's like it got to a point where unlocking things got to be kind of clinical. Yeah. It would be like very specific. Yeah, exactly. Like a very specific thing I needed to do, and it wasn't necessarily hard. It's just like you kind of needed a wiki page open the whole time. It. I mean, a hundred percent. Yes, and and on the on the bike, that's not as fun. So I've kind of pivoted away from that. Even though I did get the DLC characters, they're pretty cool. Um, it's still such a wildly deep game, and it's I don't know how to talk about that. Um. So I pivoted over to something new in a similar vein. It's uh, 20 Minutes Till Dark, or Till Dawn. Have you guys played it? Uh, I've seen it on the on the, on the my various iOS gaming circuits that I yeah, follow to get so recommendations. I've been, I've been playing on Steam. It's, uh, so it, 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 I'm just going to grant the conceit that you understand what Vampire Survivors is. We've talked a lot than, about it, so yeah. I, yeah, we've talked a lot about it. Um, it you are equipped with a... A gun, you choose a starting gun. It's like a pistol or shotgun or crossbow or whatever. You, you can unlock new ones. You get it. Um, and you get summons, which are basically like the weapons in uh, Vampire Survivors, like a scythe that spins around you and a little ghost guy that shoots for you and stuff like that. But what is cool about it is that you are, rather than just picking like abilities that uh, you think will mesh well together. It's really like, uh, first of all, you're choosing what direction to fire, when to fire, and you auto reload when you stop firing. So that's very kinetic and, and firing slows you down. So it's kind of like picking your moment for when to stand your ground and fight and, and when to move, which is a cool calculus to run. But it's also uh, cool because the upgrades that you get augment mainly your basic attack um, so you're getting like, uh, you get, for example, an upgrade to your gun that lets you shoot fire and k- catch enemies aflame. And then later you find an upgrade that like for every, uh, 50 enemies that you set on fire, you heal. So, uh, and then it's like, you get an upgrade that flame does more damage. So it's kind of like picking a, an, a build rather than just picking a few weapons that you want to use together. Um, and it really ramps up the possibility that you're going to have like an outrageously powerful uh, thing that just sort of comes from your strategically picking the upgrades you like and choosing when to use them. And then there are a, a set of perks that you can take that also augment these further. So there's like a close combat build that you can kind of do that damages enemies more when they're closer to you. And you can choose a loadout that like fits that. Um 
it is 20 minutes every time um and you just kind of the it ends at the end of 20 minutes it's not like a big boss fight or anything um but it's i'm really enjoying it it's it's really fun and i really like the the added level of like choosing your direction and when to fire and stuff like that um i've, I've really been enjoying it that's called 20 minutes till dawn uh, I will say one thing, it is a little hinky with the the controller in the UI. Sometimes you there's it's stuff there's you kind of need the mouse for specifically with like the upgrades and things like that. But uh overall Did you play on Steam Deck? I have played on Steam Deck, yeah. I wonder if it works with touchscreen. It probably It does. Yeah, okay. it does. Uh, yeah, it's only when I had like the 360 controller or the you know Xbox One controller put in the PC that I had issues. Um, I've been watching a show called Letter Kenny, which came out in like 2016, and I'm sure fans of it are uh, mocking the idea that I'm just discovering it now. But uh, for those that aren't familiar with it, it's basically rural Canadian Gilmore Girls meets uh, King of the Hill, which is to say it has the writing pace of like a Gilmore Girls, but the kind of dry humor of a King of the Hill. Uh, It is also like a bit crude but the writing is so good that it's like kind of impressive that they can do that um i don't know it's it's kind of hard to describe why it appeals to me i think it really is just like a writing exercise that is extremely impressive i believe the the lead creative guy is called jared ciso i want to say leto what jared leto leto i think it is jared leto on this one uh jared kiso is his name and uh, he's uh, incredibly talented, as is the rest of the uh, team making that show. And they just released a spinoff called Shorzy, which is like hockey centric. Um, and he plays the lead in both shows, different characters, um, and is sort of uh, incredibly impressive because he's also doing a lot of the writing. So, uh, yeah, both of those shows are great. Highly recommend People them. People can you find like. that show 30 Seconds from Mars. Is that is that where it's located? Get him. He got you. Is that is that it? He got so, you. Dude. Yeah, that's the show that I watched. <laughs> um, you, that was good, man. I love Jared Leto humor. Um, <laughs> I wanted to thank the following people for writing reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. We have CC Person and a bunch of numbers that I'm not going to read out. Uh, Browhead GRH and Freddie Murdury is how it's written out. Uh, thank you for writing reviews to the besties on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to everyone else who has written reviews or shared the show or talked about it or whatever. We really, really appreciate it. Y'all are great. Keep it up. Um, okay, so stuff we talked about this week. We talked about Hi-Fi Rush, and we talked through a whole bunch of surprise releases. I'm, I'm not going to list those because we didn't go deep into them, right? Like, that sure. seems unreasonable. Yeah. Um, and then next week, here's the deal. Here's the deal, wonderful listener. We appreciate you so much. We might be releasing next week's episode a little later than usual. What? It'll still be. We might. Well, uh, we don't we haven't yet. even talked about this. What do you, I don't we, even. If, if we cover the game that we think we are going to cover next week, we will not be able to release the episode until maybe like a, like a little bit like midday, early midday Friday. Oh, because the embargo is that day? Yeah, because the embargo is that day. Okay. Um, so we can't say what that game is right now, but if it if if you if you open your podcast app on Friday, and you're like I'm so I'm just ready for the besties, and it's not there. Don't worry. That would just mean hey, it, you are getting to hear about a brand new game, and you're going to be the first to hear about it. 
uh, it's just going to be a few hours later. This is also and if you open your podcast app and you see Bestie is waiting for you, yeah. that means we're talking about something else. Because we didn't get code early enough, so it's like that's probably why. Um. Well, I I've been playing it. Okay, so settled it. That's going to do it for us, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to join us again next time for the besties. Because should the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Besties!